Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey friends, you're listening to On The Record, the new podcast dedicated to Salina, Texas news and powered by the Salina Record and Star Local Media. My name's Rick Rogers and I'm here with Audrey Henvey. Audrey is the reporter for the Salina Record and she is the one who is on the ground covering the community, covering all the great things that's happening in Salina and the reporter that you read every week in the newspaper and every day online covering Salina News. And we're going to go over several different topics. This is the first ever podcast just for the Salina Record. So, Audrey, we're kind of winging it. That's okay. People are going to really enjoy this because we have a lot of great things to talk about in the fast-growing Salina community. And I thought we would start with a very unique experience that you are currently involved in, which you're going through the Salina Citizens Police Academy. Now, this is not the 1980s Police Academy movies, which I know may be a little bit before your time, actually. Great movies. Recommend you watching them sometimes. Really funny. But this is a, a serious, fun, educational event every Thursday night in Salina where citizens like you are going through the academy and learning exactly what is involved in being a peace officer in the city of Salina. So first question to you is just how did you hear about this? What piqued your interest to get involved? And just describe a little background about what the Academy is. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an amazing experience just to get to know the Salina Police Department and the community of Salina from such a different perspective than what I usually get just going in there for my usual reporter duties. Um, Every Thursday night from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m., I'm in some building in Salina um, learning along with other community members who have all different various histories and backgrounds in the city, you know, what this means to be a police officer in Salina. It's a very unique task and a very unique story that we're all getting to see as it unfolds and as it happens. It's a great, great time to learn about what's happening in Salina. But um, this is a relatively new program. This is, we are the third class that is the Salina Citizens Police Academy. It kicked off about a year ago. Um, We had a department that was looking to find new ways to engage with Salina residents, Salina community members. Salina is the fastest growing city in North Texas, just surpassed Frisco and single family home starts. So it's a big, big time. And you're getting a lot of new people coming in who may or may not know much about their community. Um, tied with that, you have a police department that is growing and there's a presence there and they're looking to really build that presence and get people who are coming in to understand what it means to be in Salina. And a large part of that is supporting first responders, is supporting your police. And so when these newcomers come in, I think the department's really looking to engage everyone and make sure that that culture is still there. So this is a new program that kind of developed. Um, It's been an interesting time for the department. They've had a new police chief come in. Um, Chief Collison just celebrated one year of working with the department. So a lot of new things that have been happening there. And um, the first program went great. I think I remember writing one quick blip, you know, interviewing people um, with the department about what this, what, what is this thing? What's the idea behind it? Um, you know, what are the hopes for the second classes is um, that 
kicks off and continues lessons learned. And that's how I've usually approached these stories of these Citizens Police Academies, because they're fairly, you know, they're not new, but um, that's, I've always had an outside view. And then Officer Chase Gadera, who I've been working with, um, he's the public information officer for the Salina Police Department. Um, he's the person I email or call or text um, yeah. whenever something crazy happens in Salina or whenever I have a question about what's happening within the department. Um, he's the person who gives me those answers. And it was Chase who one day said, um, you know, well, what if, what if you were in this academy? Do you want to do it? And he asked me a couple times. And the first time I was kind of caught off guard. And I'd always kind of considered the idea of possibly joining in one of those academies one day, either in, in my hometown where I live, just to kind of get an idea of how departments work. I figured it'd be good, you know, for the job to understand, um, or in, you know, other cities just, but it seemed like such a unique experience to be able to take part in Salinas specifically because it's such a new program. So, um, the first class was really trying new things and just seeing how this thing would go. The second class was, um, kind of working out some of the kinks and really, you know, trying to improve just a little bit. And this third class is just building even more on top of that. So, um, I have to give credit where credit's due. Officer Jay Scudero was the one who suggested it. And the second time he asked, I figured, you know, I was like, well, well, why not? Let's try this. And so we did my background check and I got in and, um, we kicked off, hit the ground running from there. Well, first off, glad you passed the background check. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's really important and, and good to know. Um, so obviously you're attending, you're attending the classes every Thursday. How are you then sharing that experience with the readers of the Salina Record and Star Local Media? Can you kind of describe how you're uh, bringing the class experience to life in the in the printed page or online? That was one of the things that we really had to think through as we were going into this. This is very different from anything I've ever done as a reporter. Um, I'm putting a lot more me into you know, this experience and into the, my writing, which is more than I'm usually, more than what I've usually done. Um, and we had, I think, two options from this. One option was to do one full-blown story at the end of it um, and kind of try to capture all of this in one big feature. And that just seemed like a wasted opportunity. Um, so I think, again, it was Chase who said, you can either do that or you can do the weekly column thing. I think he was the one who first came up with that. And um, I think that was immediately the idea that you and I both gravitated towards, which was, I think that's just the best way to do it. There is so much that is covered in this in these classes. We're not even done with it at this point. Um, we're gearing up to have another class here this coming Thursday. Um, we're not even, you know, we're approaching the end, but we're, we're not done. And there's just been so many different topics covered and so many different aspects of police work that we've looked at, um, both from the civilian side and from the police side and from every other angle you can possibly imagine. So doing this weekly column has been, I think the best way to really approach this. Um, I remember sitting down to write the first one. I had really no idea what to do. I was so nervous trying to figure out how I was going to get this done because I couldn't approach it like I would any other story. Um, and then I think I just gained, you know, just this kind of moment of, um, just, just write, just see what you can do, see what you come up with. And the th hook that I found for that particular class was um, this emphasis on Salina as the growing city. And I think I could branch out from that. And from there, I was able to come up with something. And I think getting that first draft written really helped set up the rest of these columns that um, I would be able to write. Um, and just finding that hook and finding that, that moment that really helps capture this whole thing. I think one of the things that I've had to get really comfortable with is that I'm never going to be able to capture every detail, every lesson learned, every conversation topic that gets covered in these classes. These are three hour classes. Um, and we have a lot of questions for the people who are giving us presentations. We have a lot that we cover and a lot of stories that are told. 
a lot of context that I don't think we've really even processed yet because it's it's information that it's probably going to come up next time I see um, Salina PD operating on something and I'm like, oh, I understand that because of this story that was told. Um, it's that kind of knowledge. And I've had to get comfortable with the idea that there's never going to be any moment where I can capture an entire three-hour class into this one column. So what I've realized my job is through these columns is instead to try and take the most important information, the most intriguing aspect, um, something that gives Salina residents a slice of what this class can be, and then hopefully they'll sign up for this class themselves and get the full experience. So that's that's kind of what this adventure has been like. So take us inside the room. Um, how many people are be, are involved in the class today? Is it a uh, a good snapshot of the community? A diverse crowd in terms of uh, occupation and age. You know, give us a sense of, of who is taking part in this experience with you. You know, one of the first things we did before we even started the first class was we all met at one class member's house and had a potluck. Really? And um, we were able to sit on their backyard and everyone went in a circle and shared their backgrounds. And one of the things I love about this class is there is such a diverse array of backgrounds that have come together, different reasons people came to Salina, um, different number of years people have spent in Salina, different level of engagement, depending on how new or how long someone has lived there. Uh, But everyone who has joined this class is excited to learn something new and everyone's engaged. I think everyone's asked a question at this point, at least once, you know, we're a very inquisitive class. Um, But we do have, we're, we're about roughly 20 people ranging from just moved here a couple months ago to been here for years and years hmm. to everywhere in between. We have a variety of industries. We have a variety that people are working in, um, variety of backgrounds. And so it's been fascinating just to hear everyone's perspective and kind of see um, how everyone's approaching this class. I think one of the most, um, one of the most, I guess, let's start over. I think one of the most in- interesting um, experiences as a group that we experienced was actually going most recently to the Denton County Detention Facility. Um, it was one of the first times that we were outside of a, you know, more of a, a sit-down conversational setting, which is the tr- traditional way that um, this academy has worked. We were able to walk around and experience things together as a group, and I think that really helped us bond as a group, even on the bus ride there and back. Um, but the whole time, everyone's been um, so you know willing to connect and willing to work together and uh, you know meet up. We've had potlucks. Um, at some of our classes. And so I think there's very good interaction throughout. So a couple key follow-ups. Number one, you know, what pot, what did you bring to the potluck? I brought potato salad. Um, I actually brought my food on the wrong day. So we had a potluck once and I forgot <laughs> to bring something. So I brought it the next week, which is when everyone didn't bring anything and I felt terrible. And the next week there was a potluck. So I'm kind of off, but I did bring potato salad. I'm very proud of that. But you, but it was the only thing on the menu was potato salad? It was salad? potato salad. It was in a it's cooler pot- with, the, with the sodas. <laughs> And uh, it was there for those who needed it. Hey, nothing like a potato salad night. Number two, so on the trip to the correctional facility, did they, did they put you behind bars? They did not. Uh, we did stand. It was actually a very interesting experience. We stood inside one of the pods. Um, we got to take a look at the more historical part of the building, which kind of showed a different aspect of things. And that's actually where a lot of admin work will happen, or if they need an extra holding facility for people who have just come in, 
you know, but really it's the more traditional lesser used areas. And then once people are processed, um, we got to look at, we got to look at the kitchens and the laundry room. Um, we got to walk through there, but we looked at this kind of pod structure that exists within the facility, which actually houses, I think the number was, um, 48 inmates. And so they have three different sections within those pods that are called streets of bunk beds. And so, um, you have about 48 people in a room. There's um, bathroom facilities, there's the bunk beds, there's a shelf of books, there's a TV, um, there's tables, there's an outdoor area that's opened at certain set hours of the day and it's a communal living area and um there are some you know more isolated spots too but um that was where we were standing and we stood in there for a good amount of time just speaking with the sergeant who kind of led us through everything and talked us through the day and talked us through um what goes on and it was an enlightening experience especially being in the room as we talked about it your first time in a facility like that absolutely yeah just is it kind of eerie and or eye-opening and or kind of a hey I could see how you know you don't want to end up here obviously yes that was one of when I first signed up for this that was the class that I was the most nervous about Mm. um just from a how is this going to impact me as you know personally standpoint yeah I didn't know what I was going into um I was surprised by how natural it felt that we're going to rephrase that. I was surprised by... Um, <laughs> Don't get too comfortable. Here, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we want you, yeah. We're going to start that sentence over. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, um, no, I was surprised by how unanxious I was, I guess, yeah. I'll, I'll, is how I'll put it. Um, once you get there and you kind of see the tactile, um, you know, this is a real place where real people are every mm. single day and this is how things operate. I think it really gives you an understanding of the criminal justice system that probably is the most elusive, I would say. Um, when people talk about, yeah, you're going to jail, you know, it's something that we, we talk about, but it's, it's the one, I think, aspect of the criminal justice system that we really don't see as publicly as we do maybe other aspects. Well, and, you know, probably something that maybe every, every teenager should kind of go through in terms of, hey, this is, this is real. I mean, you hear about, you know, ending up in jail, but jail's a real place. Yeah. And, you know, consequences are real. And uh, going through that experience just makes, reaffirms that quite a bit. Um, you think about things that are no longer accessible to you. We stood in that outdoor facility space, and it's, it's a concrete square. There's wow. a basketball or yeah, there's a basketball net hanging there, but there's no basketball available because people kept getting injured playing basketball. Um, and so it's, it's literally a concrete square. There's some, some sunlight, there's sunlight visible, but it's covered by a net. So you're just, you're constantly aware that you are confined and there's, there's really, there's no freedom. Hmm. Has this experience and in our profession profession, um, you know, we have to work with the police departments of all the various communities that, that we serve. And, you know, we have, we work, you know, with the PIOs, we work with officers and sergeants and cap, captains. And when, even when things happen and we're out there covering it, you know, we work pretty well with them in terms of our job is to inform the public of what has happened in a, in a certain instance. Um, has this opened your eye, opened your eyes more in terms of just what the life of an officer is like? Uh, in terms of just what they do. I mean, we're, we're, I think, maybe a little bit more in tune to it than the average citizen. So I guess let's go two questions. One, how has it changed your perception of a police officer, n- knowing what you've already kind of known in your work? And then two, you know, have you gotten any feedback from the citizens who are taking part in this in terms of how it's maybe changed their perception? 
Those are great questions. Um, I think you're right. I think as a reporter, you know, we, we have a little bit more knowledge than the average citizen would have. Um, I would still say that this experience has been valuable for me just from the sense of understanding um, from the different people who speak with us, you know, what those experiences are. They each tell us stories. They each start a class with giving us a little bit of background. And each class is taught by a different member of the department. So we're getting perspectives from a wide variety of personnel from the Salina Police Department. Um, I think it's helped me understand, you know, those um, those experiences from a very different end. I've been focused on the storytelling aspect or the informational aspect, and I think understanding it from the aspect of someone who's trying to de-escalate a situation um, mm. makes things very helpful. And so I'm able to consistently tuck away information um, so that, you know, if I ever do have to report on something that's a high-stakes scenario, um, I'm able to understand, you know, okay, well, maybe the maybe the department's handling it this way because of this reason. Um, they're focused on trying to uh, make sure everyone's okay, or they're focused on trying to make sure things are de-escalated, or they're focused on trying to make sure that this is taken care of before they can focus on anything else. And I think understanding those steps that are going into different types of responses for different types of cases helps me understand, okay, here's where they're probably at in their investigation, and this is why they're, this is why they're um, giving out the information that they're giving to me and to the public at the time that they are. Because they obviously have a job to do. I mean, our job is to inform the public. You know, they need to work with us. We need to work with them. But at the end of the day, their job is to obviously um, serve the public. So we both have similar roles in many ways. Absolutely. And I think one of the things, too, is that um, we've gotten so used to getting information, you know, as soon as possible, as soon as possible. A lot of times information is still unfolding. And um, the department has been very vigilant in making sure that the information that's shared is information that can be shared. Um, they're very aware of the fact that information that I share, for example, can be used in a courtroom. And so they want to be careful about what that means um, to, you know, kind of keep the integrity of the justice system intact. And we respect that. Have you... Uh you know, talk to any of the other citizens who have gone through this experience in terms of maybe how it's changed their perception of what a police officer does? I think we've touched on it some. Um, there haven't been in-depth conversations, I don't think. Um, you know, those those classes go until 9.30, and so we're just soaking in information, and it's so fun. And, you know, oftentimes, I say 9.30, there have been multiple classes where we all have so many questions that it often goes into the 10 o'clock hour mm. um, because we're so inquisitive, and the officers are there to answer questions, and they're excited just to kind of share their stories um, and share kind of their perspectives. So I haven't been able to you know, talk one-on-one -on -one with other class members necessarily um, beyond, hey, this is crazy or this is cool or that kind of thing. But I have been able to kind of gauge from the way other people are asking questions and how they're asking questions. There's a lot of engagement in that room um, from everybody. I think there's a lot of interest. You can tell when someone's telling a very engaging story, um, all eyes are on that officer or that person and everyone's kind of gripped into this lifestyle that none of us really know a lot about. And we're able to get such a unique experience and kind of perspective that you're not going to get from any other experience. Well, and I think a lot of times, you know, we base our perception of what a police officer does on television and on shows that we've watched. I mean, I grew up, you know, watching law and order and you think about, you know, everything is this big investigation and, you know, multiple levels. And, but really, you know, you gave a great column, a great synopsis in your column on the April 25th edition of the Salina record. And, and you talk about Cor Courtney Webb, Sergeant Courtney Webb. And she talks a lot about kind of, you know, what a patrol officer is responsible for. 
And, you know, it's, it's just the, the everyday work, traffic stops, you know, high risk traffic stops, you know, such as a felony warrant or a stolen car that may be involved, uh, calls for service, field interviews, community policing, you know, suspicious vehicles and or circumstances, conducting special watches, you know, even something as simple as they drive by at night, they see a garage door open or a front door that may have been left open and they want to go and check in and make sure that everybody's okay and or that resident knows their garage door is open. And trust me, as someone who has left his garage door open too many times to count, um, it, it happens and, and the police are there to, to help us. And I guess that, you know, when reading your column on this day, that reminded me that, you know, it's not all crime investigations and, and the, the things that you think, you know, they do every day. They're doing a lot of stuff that just it's, it's routine, but it's what the community needs to be a safe community. And um, that was that was a really thing. You know, if you have not read that, folks, uh, go online, you know, definitely just do a search on you know, Salina Citizens Police Academy. All of Audrey's stories will pop up. I encourage you to read all of them. A really good one is, you know, keeping the streets safe in a growing city. And Salina is, you touched on it earlier, a growing city. And I think what's unique about Salina now is, and I know they don't like to be compared to Frisco, but it's hard not to. They are where Frisco was 20 years ago. And the growth is happening. So you have kind of this diverse Salina Growing the the folks who are embracing the growth and the folks who kind of want Salina to stay where it is today. So, has that been brought up at all during you, this experience in the academy in terms of how does Salina handle the growth? We, you know, does Salina get too big? Has that come up at all? I would argue it's the backdrop um, story of multiple classes that we've had. Really? Yes. It's from the very first get go. Um, one of the first things, one of the newer things that happened for this particular class was we actually heard from city manager Jason Lommer, who gave us kind of a rundown of you know what is the city of Salina thing, you know what what's what are the hot topics, what is going on, and a lot of that was about the growth. Continuing into other classes that we've looked at, patrol was one of the most enlightening classes I would say in terms of understanding what exactly goes into being mm-hmm. a Salina police officer. Those guys are and gals are the ones who are. Um, incredibly visible to the average citizen. Um, we see a car driving by, but going through that class taught me there's a lot going on in that car. Um, just from looking at the call system that's inside the, you know, you always wonder what's in those little laptops that they're looking at inside oh, yeah, their cars. Yeah. We got to see those screens and it was so enlightening to see there's a lot of information and it's all pertaining to the, to the local area, you know, and everything from the importance of, I think I mentioned it, having an updated GIS system. That was another thing about the growth. Salina is constantly growing, putting in new roads, new infrastructure, Great and the point. police department needs to know how to get to places when incidents occur, when you have construction thefts occur, which is a hot topic right now, when you have other incidents that are going on. If you say go to XY street and it's a brand new street that no one's ever heard of, those GIS systems are critical. It's important that those are updated as consistently as possible. Um, We toured the PD department headquarters, which fun fact used to be a Sunday school building over there on Colorado (laughs) street. Um, And we walked through it and we looked through the different rooms. Um, I've been in kind of the front area um, for interviews and such, but I hadn't looked at the whole building before. And we got to see the desks where officers are working to process reports. We got to see the holding cell. We got to walk by, we didn't go into the evidence room. We got to walk by the evidence room. The door was closed. Mm -hmm. Things were 
very secure. Um, but you get to see this building. This it's it's such a small building, and um, you know work is currently being done to kind of get things moving on the new PD headquarters. Um, that's probably the biggest project that, that uh, infrastructure-wise that the city is preparing right now. It's going to be done in phases. It's um, fascinating, you know, building. It's going to be such a such an upgrade and and such a interesting place to see how it kind of unfolds. But that's the backdrop of a lot of those classes that we've kind of gone through. Anything from, you know, Salina doesn't currently have um, its own jail. It could in the future. You know, these um, Salina doesn't have its own dispatch. We use, I believe, uh, Prospers, but it probably will in the future. So I would imagine very I'm soon. I'm sorry. They use Collin counties. Okay. So um, you know, things like that that are very much future focused for this department. So how many more classes are left? Um, I know we finished at some point in mid-May. We're actually trying to figure out our graduation date right now. That's something, uh, one of the most fun things about this class has been seeing the, the coordination for scheduling for 20-some-odd people. Um, we're, we're trying to put that together, but I think we'll be done by mid to, to late May. Uh, we have a few more classes wrapped up. We're going to end on some scenarios, I believe, um, and then we'll have our graduation ceremony. And then... So this is the third class, right? So I, I imagine they're planning to do more. Yes. So this is going to become a thing that kind of happens, um, I would say, twice a year, probably a spring class and then a uh, fall class. And so every class we have a critical kind of evaluation sheet that we are actually asked to fill out or we can say what was our favorite thing that we learned? What are some notes that you have uh, for the future that you would... um, you know, that you would kind of mention. And there are some classes where I'm like, nothing, it was great. It was very straightforward. And there are some classes where I'm like, hey, this was, this could have used clarity or, um, you know, this was, you know, helpful to learn, loved learning that, and, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm sure everyone else is giving that feedback too. Um, funny thing, the officers have mentioned multiple times, um, you know, it, they're like, y'all are so nice to us, but we really do need that critical information that'll help us Im- improve these classes. So they've they've made it clear that we are definitely a part of helping build this program and, and making it better for the long run. So I see on the schedule, I think coming up is a simulation uh, where they're going to take you through a, sh- a shoot-don't-shoot simulation with uh, the friends at the Allen Police Department and kind of talk about you know how limited amount of time they have to make critical decisions. I'm sure that's going to be very interesting. I'm so curious. Are they going to tase you? Probably not. No. Yeah, I have this. I have this idea that maybe you might get tased. If you do, we'll we'll have to make sure that's covered by our business insurance. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't. That hasn't been mentioned. Um, I don't believe that's going to happen. But that has been a class that's been talked about a lot, um, and that I think will be very enlightening. We actually went through um, a similar class that was more of a sit down discussion with discussion with uh, Sergeant Jeremy Wilson, who's the other um, member of the department, who's really kind of helped leading this academy um that was an interesting class too that's the column i'm working on right now and one of the things i was most struck by was um you know you're talking about this response really from a civilian standpoint and we talk about you know when you're met with this disaster uh, i think one of the examples was being in a crowded club and a fire breaks out and everyone raced towards the door that they came in through which was the back and unfortunately it ended in tragedy um but there were so many exits in different parts of the building. And so this, this importance of civilians needing to be aware of backup plans and of what do I do in an emergency and what is the safest way to exit. Um, this was one of the first classes that really emphasized that civilian response to things. And so I think it was interesting that in the Citizens Police Academy, we're hearing from police about police work, but we're also hearing from police about here's what civilians need to be doing, the general public, in order to deal with these awful tragic events that happen. Here's how to have the safest possible outcome. 
So again, if they want to read your columns about the experience, where can they go? They can go to slinerrecord.com. Um, starlocalmedia.com slash line of record they can pick up a copy of an of the line of record every single monday um, we do have stands all around downtown i know we have them in our, our local gas stations um, they you know line of record is everywhere you can also go to starlocalmedia.com and click on find the paper and that'll tell you where our single copy locations are located or you can subscribe to this line of record and ensure that you have a new print edition every single monday morning um, that's where those those uh those columns are going to be and i've already heard from the city um you know they have other academies going on the city these three academies have kind of sprouted at generally the same time there's a fire uh, citizens police academy that's kind of kicked off and they are doing great there's a government citizens police academy if you're curious really? about what's happening in salina government and how all those offices work and how this how this little city is going to become such a big deal in collin county and in north texas this is the academy that's going to teach you all about what's happening right now in those separate departments and we've heard from the city uh, there is an interest in me um, potentially going through that academy as well and so there's a very good likelihood that we're going to get to get an inside view of even more of what Slime is doing in the future well and the goal of this podcast is to give our readers an inside view of what's going on in Salina in audio form so this is on the on the record powered by the Salina record and star local media again I'm Rick Rogers She's Audrey Henvey. And just a few little business things to take care of. You know, definitely want to mention that the 10th anniversary of the Salina Cajun Fest is going to be held May 14th of this year on the historic downtown Salina Square from 2 to 9 p.m. Admission is free. Live music by John Michael Montgomery. For more information or to purchase crawfish tickets, visit Life in salina tx.com slash cajun fest i know i'll be there i know audrey will be there we'll have great coverage of the event taking tons of photos uh definitely want to see you down there again that's may 14th on the historic downtown salina square 2 to 9 p.m admission is free it's the 10th anniversary of the salina cajun fest also need to give a shout out to our friends at rex real estate Rex Real Estate was our sponsor of the state championship girls Salina soccer team poster and the runner-up poster for the Salina boys soccer team. Those posters were published in our April 18th edition and really proud of the Salina girls for winning state. Really proud of the Salina boys soccer team for finishing and runner-up in the state soccer tournament and want to give Rex Real Estate a big shout-out for being our sponsors for the posters in that edition. Okay, we have a few minutes left. We want to try to keep these around 30 minutes or so. Hey, we can't wrap up the podcast before we talk about probably the biggest news in Salina that's happened in the past week, and that is the groundbreaking of the 3.2-acre development, the Legacy Hills development that will include single-family homes, senior living, multifamily, and, and finally, a golf course in Salina, which I know in my time in Salina, when I talk to folks, they say, hey, when are we going to get a golf course? Well, now you have your answer. You attended the groundbreaking. Um, this is going to be a huge um, catapult to Salina's continued growth in the future, is it not? Yes, the, a lot of energy at that groundbreaking. It was kind of cool to kind of drive up. It's a it's a rocky road currently at the moment. I definitely slowed down in my little uh, Mitsubishi trying to get there, <laughs> but you get there and you're standing on this ledge where this groundbreaking, t you know, kind of took off and you're looking at this, this landscape of just, you know, pure 
open field and you're just imagining this massive mixed use development that's going to be there that's going to provide these clubhouses these amenities this this golf course um you know all of these new things that are really going to kind of develop this corridor into something uh, much bigger you know than i think we can imagine right now so lots of energy lots of um good vibes happening over at that groundbreaking and i think there's a lot of excitement about for about what this is going to bring. I know it was our top viewed story on starlocalmedia.com, which covers all of our 14 markets that we serve. It was our top viewed story last week. Uh, if you missed it, if, you, if you're one of the few who missed it, again, go to salinarecord.com. Well, again, hey, this is the first of many on the record podcast highlighting all things good at Salina, Texas, and the Powered by the Salina Record and starlocalmedia.com. We're going to try to do this at least two to four times a month. Depends on exactly what we're covering. We'd like to maybe have special guests join us via Zoom. We can bring our podcast equipment to Salina and interview people there as well. Hey, we might even do something at Cajun Fest on the 14th or at the Downtown Days the next week. So look for Audrey. Look for myself. Again, I'm Rick Rogers owner of the Salina Record. She's Audrey Henvey, the reporter of the Salina Record. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With starlocaljobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through starlocaljobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.